Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Verse 1. The word of the Lord reads like this. It says, Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. If you could turn very quickly with me to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. We'll be reading one verse of scripture here. Amen. Verse 17 says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believeth, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. To call your attention to this last phrase, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Things which be not as though they were. Amen. I wonder one more time if we can lift our hands and ask that Jesus comes inside of this room. I believe there are, there are many situations here. I know there are many different things that we have come in contact with probably throughout the week. But I know a God who is more than able. I know a God who is more than able to meet every single need. I know a God that is more than ready to touch your heart. I know a God that is more than willing to come in contact with your situation. I wonder if you could slip up a hand this morning and you could say, Jesus, if you could touch me. Jesus, if you can move God on me. I know you've probably heard the phrase that Jesus has been thinking about you. And that Jesus has had you on your mind. But this morning in prayer, I believe there have been people in this house that have been asking that Jesus would speak to them. I believe there are people here in this house that have been wondering, Jesus, have you been thinking about me? Jesus, I want you to give a word to me. And this time that we live in today, we want the reassurance of God. We want the presence of God. We want to know that Jesus is with us. And I believe there is somebody in this house that has been asking of God. And saying, God, do you remember me? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, God is here to help somebody in this house today. God is here to help somebody in this house today. And if you will stir your faith and you will get on board with what the Holy Ghost is doing, if we can become sensitive together, I believe somebody's life can come out different. Somebody's mindset can be changed. Somebody's agenda, somebody's plan can come out different. I believe the Holy Ghost has got a plan for somebody in this house today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Ghost is in this house. The Holy Ghost is in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Before you seated, it, I would like to give you the title today. And I would like to title this, Don't You See, I'm Dead. Don't You See, I'm Dead. Amen. You may be seated today. As we read in this Bible story, we hear about a man that many of us probably know a lot of things about. A man named Lazarus. And if you have been in church and if you have been in the house of God for any number of years, or maybe you have not, but Lazarus is a name that many of us know. Lazarus is a man and a story of somebody that many of us understand. And as we read in this story, we see that this man had a situation that was getting worse. He was getting to a place where he was not getting any better. Lazarus had a sickness, and the sickness was not improving. The sickness did not look like he was getting any better. But this sickness was something that worried his sisters, Martha and Mary, so much to the point that they knew they had to go get Jesus. And the Bible says a certain man was sick, and his name was Lazarus. And that Mary and his sister Martha. And the Bible goes into detail letting us know which Mary it was. Letting us know which Martha it was. They let us know that it was that same Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment. And that wiped his feet with her hair. This is the man Lazarus that was sick. And therefore... They were so worried that Lazarus' situation was getting worse that they knew they had to get a hold of Jesus. They knew something was going wrong in Lazarus' life that they had to go get Jesus. Martha and Mary were friends of Jesus. Martha and Mary knew Jesus very well. They had seen and they had heard of the miracles that he had performed. And they knew that he was more than able to help their brother's situation. And when they went to Jesus, they told him this. He whom thou lovest is sick. Jesus, this is a man that you love. Jesus, I know that you've been going out on the countryside and you've been healing and and you've been touching and blind people's eyes have been opened, God, and deaf ears have become unlocked. God, you have raised other people, God, from graves before. And God, here, not only, God, is my brother sick, But God, this is a man that you love. This is, God, one of your close friends. I don't know about you all, but does anybody have some best friends and anyone got some acquaintances? (laughs) I got some people that I consider acquaintances and I have people that I consider friends and, and good friends. Because there's something different about a best friend. And there's something different between somebody who's a, someone that you just say hi to when you're going, passing by the offering. Because when you have a close relationship with somebody, there's a little bit more trust involved. You can tell them a little bit more things. You can, you can trust them with, with, with prayer. And you can trust them with some situations that might be burdening you. It's somebody that you love versus somebody that you know. And the Bible says that Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus loved Lazarus. And when Jesus heard... The petition of Martha and Mary that said, my brother is sick. The Bible says he responded like this in verse 4. 
It says, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And Jesus, very casually, he said, I know he's sick, but it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. The situation that Lazarus has, it's, it's not as bad. And Jesus very casually just says that. He says, this sickness, it's not unto death. And Jesus just lets them know, I have my hand in this. But Martha and Mary had to go back home. I believe that when they heard the word of Jesus that said that, it gave them the faith. And it gave them the hope that they were looking for, that their brother would be okay. I believe that when Jesus spoke to them and said, this sickness is not unto death, that they probably received everything that they needed. They probably said, man, I didn't think Jesus was going to do it like that. Maybe Jesus would have lifted up his hand and we would have held hands together. And we would have prayed and, and we would say, God, I pray that you would touch Lazarus right now and raise him up, God. And I pray that when they get back, that everything will be different. But still, they trusted Jesus and they took him at his word. And I could imagine as they went home, as they said, man, this sickness is not unto death. The sickness is not unto death. But when Martha and Mary got back home, Lazarus was not in the better condition than they left him. But Lazarus was in a worse condition. Lazarus was in a condition that was not improving, but he was on the decline. Lazarus was in a state where it was not getting better, but everything was getting worse. It seemed like everything was just going wrong in Lazarus' life. And I believe that he probably thought that Jesus would probably have took a detour from his tour, going out on the countryside, touching people, healing people, because I am somebody who Jesus loves. Jesus, I am one of your close friends, God. Not only that, Martha and Mary have done a special work for you. And God, Mary has been before your feet and she has anointed them, God, with her own hair. God, what an act of humility. What an act of service, God. You love my family, God. I know, Lord, that you have a close connection with us. And I believe that Lazarus believed everything was going to turn out different. Amen. Because he was somebody... That Jesus loved. And Lazarus knew that. And I believe there are people here in this house tonight. That know that Jesus loves you. I believe there are people in this house tonight. That know that you have been through some situations. And you have been through some trials. And you might have lived for God for a long time. And you know that Jesus loves you. But maybe you find yourself in a situation. Similarly to Lazarus. Maybe you find yourself in a situation where things look like they got bad. But you cried out to Jesus and you said, surely Jesus is going to touch me. Surely Jesus is going to turn it around. Surely Jesus is going to do a work in my life. And you prayed and you prayed and you prayed. And your prayers, you feel like they got to Jesus. And you said, Jesus, I need you right now. Martha and Mary, they came to Jesus and they said, you see what Lazarus is going through. I need you right now because God, Lazarus needs a touch right now. Jesus, Lazarus needs to be healed right now. And they think they needed it right now. But Jesus did not go right then and there. 
Jesus did not take a detour right then and right there. But Jesus just kept on doing what he was doing. Going out through the countryside, touching, eating, breaking bread, praying for people. And I believe that Martha and Mary, they said, okay. I believe that as we go back home, every single step we take, we're, we're getting closer to a miracle. Man, every single time that I get closer to Lazarus, I'm going to walk in through that door. And I'm going to see Lazarus right there and say, I am well. I'm going to see Lazarus say, man, I, 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 I don't, what time did you pray at? Maybe he would check his clock and say, man, something came in my room around that time. And I believe that they had faith believing that God was going to do the work in their life. But as we know it, things didn't get better for Lazarus. And the Bible says in verse 9, it says that Jesus answered to the disciples and said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of the world. And verse 10 says, But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. What this is saying, that our faith will not be tested when everything is going well. I'm here to remind somebody today that every single time that our faith will not be our faith will not be tested when the birds are chirping and the sun is shining on our life. And we got our theme song playing in the back of life and we're just everything's going well and the, the birds are chirping and everything's everything that you do it just works. Everything that you say it just works. That's not where your faith is tested. It's not where everything is going right, but it's in the middle of a midnight hour. Where you're worried that you might stumble. It's when you're walking down a road where you need to get to a destination. And you're worried that you might trip up. Because there is no light on the path that you are walking on. And only thing that you can hold on to is Jesus. I believe and I feel that there are people here that know how to cling on to Jesus. I believe there have been people that have walked through some dark situations in this house before. And that your faith might have been tested before. And all you could do was cling on to Jesus. All you could do was cling on to Jesus because no man could fix it. No man could do the work. Only person that could do it is Jesus. And we know that is not where our faith is tested. It's not when everything's going well and I'm just driving with the windows down and I'm playing my favorite song and I'm eating raisin canes and I'm just having a good old time. And it seems like everything's just going good. And I'm going to go get a good old cup of coffee. I love coffee. I love coffee. If I could have coffee at all times throughout the day, I would be a very, very happy man. But I don't have coffee all the time, especially with these towns that I'm going through. Not good coffee, at least. So sometimes I get depressed. But when I have coffee, I feel like I can take the world. Sister Calhoun made me a cup of espresso, so I'm, I'm geeked up. Amen. But we know that's not where our faith is tested. We know that. We know that it's not when everything's going right and everything's going well, but it's in the middle of a midnight hour. So why, if you have been in a midnight trial before? So why, if you have seen God help you before? So why, 
if you had already seen the hand of God and the provision of God move on your life. So why, if you have already seen God heal your body, so why would you not have faith in God? If you had already seen God work in your fiber five years ago and ten years ago and fifteen years ago, then so why would you not trust him again? I believe the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody today. So why would you give up your faith in God? So why would you not believe that God can do it again? So why could you not believe that Jesus can touch your finances again? So why do you not think that Jesus could touch somebody's body again? So why don't you think God can work a miracle? I stand here before you as a young man. And I don't got a long track record that I can point back in my life. But I hold on and I cling to the stories and the testimonies of the men of God that have went before me. And here I stand to you as a young man. But I got a short track record. But in the short track record that I live, I have seen God been faithful in my life. And I have seen God been faithful in my father's life. And I have seen God been faithful in my grandfather's life. And I can see the track record in the hand of God that God has done it before so why would God not do it again why would God not touch my mind again if God has forgiven you before why do you feel like grace isn't for you now if condemnation has gripped you so why that's when not when your faith will be tested and I'm going to tell you why Because the God that we serve, he is a jealous God. And the God that I serve is not interested in rivaling with the things that you hold in your life. I don't know the other priorities that you put in your life. And I know they're different according to every single perspective in the worldview that you were raised up in. But everybody's got some things that they consider up in their top priorities. And there's some things that you carry on your top shelf. I don't know if it's education. I don't know if it's finances. I don't know if it's a pedigree. I don't know what you consider things to be the top priority in your life. But when things go wrong. I know we're here in an apostolic Pentecostal church and we're in a Jesus name church. But a lot of times. We come to a point in our life when things are happening. And we know that Jesus has got a touch, but sometimes somebody else can fulfill the work. We know we got a miracle, but if Jesus doesn't do it, the doctor can prescribe me something good enough that the pills can take care of it. Or maybe the situation is is bad, but I got enough money in the bank where it can take care of it. And and you know what? I, I and I know that. And I know I got a road down in my life, but I, I, I got an agenda and I got a plan that I'm walking out in my education. And the things that I have road mapped in my life are going to take care of the problem. But there becomes a point in your life where I believe that we see in this Bible story of Lazarus that things were getting worse. And I call it a no doubt point. And the reason I call it a no doubt point. It's because I believe that God will take us through some valleys and through some situations where no man can help me. Where no doctor can help me. Where no psychologist can help me. 
where there's no counselor that can do the work to help my marriage. There is no person, there's no amount of money, there's no amount of investments, there's no amount of degrees, there's not even somebody in my family that I can call enough. You will run out of phone numbers before you can fix the problem of people to call. Because I believe that a lot of times that God wants to get us to a place where there was no doubt. Where it was no doubt that Jesus did it. That it was no doubt that Jesus touched my body. That it was no doubt that Jesus touched my marriage. That it was no doubt that Jesus touched my mind. I was in shambles. I could not think. I did not have a pure thought in my bone. But Jesus did it. I did not have a craving for anything but a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction. But Jesus got me to a place where there was no doubt that it was no doctor. It was no man. It was no lawyer. It was no person. But it was only Jesus. No doubt it was Jesus. No doubt it was God. No doubt it was God that helped me. Because Jesus is not interested in sharing the glory for your life. And maybe you wonder why everything is going so wrong. And maybe you wonder why everything is so pitiful in your life. Have you given it all to God? Or are you holding out for the lawyer? Or are you holding out for the doctor? Are you holding out for a family member? Are you holding up for some money that's stuffed in your bank account? What are you holding it up to? But I believe that God took Lazarus to a place where there was no doubt. Jesus. Verse 17 says, Then when Jesus came, he had found that he had lain in the grave for days already. I'm going to ask if the musicians could come and just begin to play softly as I come to a close. You see, in, his, in my mind, I, I was raised up on adventures and odysseys, so I have a very vivid imagination. I see Martha and Mary going up to Jesus. And I believe that they had the faith and they had the hope and they ran up to Jesus. And they said, Jesus, I need you to help me. And I need you to touch my brother whom you love. And every single step that they took, they said, I believe Martha and Mary, they held hands together and they agreed together. And they said, man, Lazarus will be healed and Lazarus will be touched. But when they got back home, Lazarus was not any better. And they said, man, I believe that God is going to touch him. And I know he looks like he's going to die. I know that everybody's saying it's going to die. I know every doctor is prescribed that it's death and that it's done and that it's over. But I believe that Jesus can do it right in the moment. But then all of a sudden the moment came. And Lazarus died. And he died. But I believe that they still had hope. They said, man, maybe Jesus will come any moment now. He will come any second now. But all of a sudden, then the funeral procession came. Then the people came. And they had the funeral for Lazarus. Maybe you have had a funeral for your own life. Maybe you have already had a funeral for the hopes and the dreams that you have given God. But they have died. Maybe you had not fulfilled the call of God that God has asked you. To fulfill. Maybe there was a situation that killed your dream. Or that killed your promise. Or that killed your potential. And it died. And maybe you had hope that Jesus wanted to help you. 
and that Jesus will touch you because me and Jesus had something special going on. Jesus, you said, I am one whom you love. I am one God who you are wanting to help, but it died. And I believe they held out hope. And when the mourners had come, and when they had come, I believe they said, no, 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 no. And they believed that it was no, 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 no. And maybe they wanted to wait till the stone was rolled over. Because they were holding out. See, as I was studying this, something really jumped out to me and touched me. See, the Bible says at this certain time that there was a group of Jews that were a little more superstitious than the other group of Jews. And they believed, some of them, a small group, a small sect of Jews believed that a soul would float for three days in the air when somebody would die. And that on the third day it could just return if it wanted to. And the man could come back to life. And I don't know what theology Martha and Mary prescribed themselves to. If they believed in the crazy wacko stuff, if they were saying, man, he's dead, it's dead. Or we said, man, if it floats, it floats, it comes back, it's come back. But I would like to believe, even if they were somebody that said no, that doesn't make sense. I believe when sometimes you get put through some situations, you'll believe some crazy stuff if it's in your favor. And maybe in Martha and Mary did not believe it one second. But I would like to think that they said, maybe that weird stuff, I hope it works. I hope that it does work. And there was a group of people that perhaps could have said, oh, man. Jesus really didn't raise that man up. We still got two days. We still got three days. And there will probably be a group of people that could scoff. And I believe that Martha Mary said, I hope that he comes back in three days. I hope that it returns. I hope that the situation gets fixed. But the Bible says that when Jesus came to Lazarus, He had lain in the grave four days. How funny is that Jesus showed up on the fourth day? See, because I really believe that Jesus is not interested in sharing the glory with anybody. And I don't think Jesus wanted to share the glory that said it was just some random little floating thing that came back and that healed him. But he wanted to get to the point that it was no doubt Where it was no doubt Jesus that did the work in your life. Where it was no doubt Jesus who touched my marriage. And it was no doubt Jesus who healed my mind. It was no doubt Jesus who did the work in my life. It was no doubt Jesus who helped me. It was no doubt Jesus that touched my body. It was no doubt Jesus that fixed every single part of my broken body. It was no doubt Jesus that took my broken emotions. It was no doubt Jesus. And I believe that when Martha and Mary, they looked at Jesus. And when he showed up on the fourth day, they said, why didn't you come a little bit sooner? We had come to you when we thought we needed the miracle. And we had come to you when he didn't need the miracle. Because when we returned home, things did not get better. And the Jew did not take time for me, Jesus. I thought you loved me, Jesus. I thought you loved me, God. But it died, God. My situation died. My calling died. The thing that I've been holding on to, it's dead now, God. 
But God will never show up in the time that you think it's right. God is never going to show up in the time that you think it's appropriate or when you think it's the right moment. But the God that I know, then all his omnipotence and all his omniscience, he will show up in the very right moment. Because Jesus told Martha and Mary from the beginning, he said, this is not unto death. Not unto death. He's dead. What do you mean not unto death? This man is dead. This man is done. This man is over. The song has been sung on his life. And I believe if Lazarus could talk, like I believe there's Lazaruses in this room, if he could see everything from his perspective, if he was saying, Jesus is going to touch me, Jesus is probably going to stop the procession, but he did not stop. Jesus is going to come in the very last moment, but he did not come. Maybe Jesus will come on the first day, but he did not come. You had hope for the first day, but Jesus didn't show. You had first for the second day, but Jesus didn't show. You had hope for the third day, but Jesus didn't show. But Jesus is here on the fourth day. Maybe you had faith before. Maybe you had hope before. Maybe you were holding on to something and you just let it go. Maybe if you said, I believe God's going to touch my, my family. But you had already let it go. You had already given up because you said, I had faith already, God. And I had hope already, God. And I believed it already, God. But I held on so long and nothing happened. You got to hold on to the fourth day. Hold on. To the fourth day. Because I'm going to tell you there will be a moment if you're still standing there. That Jesus will be ready to perform the miracle on your life. And when Jesus walked up. Verse 39 says. Jesus said take ye away the stone. Martha the sister of him that was dead saith unto him. Lord. By this time he stinketh. For he hath been dead. Four days. Maybe everyone has seen the stink of your problem. Maybe everyone has already seen and smelt that it's over and that it's dead. And maybe you were trying to hold on and say, no, it ain't dead. No, it's not. And you're trying to hide something that smells like some blue cheese. And you say, no, I don't have blue cheese. This is mozzarella. We know mozzarella and blue cheese has a very big difference. Because blue cheese decays. Amen. <laughs> Maybe you're holding on to a situation that you said, no, there's life in this. There's life in this baby. There's life in this thing. But it's dead. I'm going to ask if we could all stand. And I believe Lazarus said, Jesus, what are you doing here? If he could talk. Don't you see that I'm dead? Don't you see that it's over? Don't you see that they rolled the tomb on me? Don't you see that people have already mourned for me? Don't you see that they've already had my funeral? Don't you see that everyone has given up hope for me? Maybe people had hope that I could be somebody or be something. But don't you see that everybody has given up on me? Don't you see that nobody believes that there is hope in me? Don't you see that everybody can smell that my dream is dead? But I want to remind you of Romans chapter 4 verse 17. 
that says that he calls those things not as though they were. Not as though they were. But he calls them as Jesus knows them. You might be dead. You might look dead. You might feel dead. You might have given up hope. You might have given it all. But I'm here to tell you that no, you're not as dead as you think you are. You're not as dead as you suppose. Because you have made it here to the fourth day. I want to know if all of us can raise our hands in this house right now. These altars are open. Because I believe there are some situations in this house today that God is wanting to move on. Maybe you have given up hope for yourself. And maybe you have given up hope for a situation. But I want to let you know that Jesus is in the house today, this morning. And the Bible says in verse 44 that he that was dead came out of the grave. He came out of the grave. He came out of the grave. He came out of the grave. Ma'am, sir, you might have given up hope. You might have given it all away. But I'm here to let you know that Jesus has not given up on you. You might have got to a place where there was no doubt. You might have got yourself to a place where there was no doubt. But that is where Jesus can really perform the work. And that is where Jesus can really touch. And that is where Jesus can really heal. Come on, I believe that the Holy Ghost wants to move in this house. And depending on what we are willing to give unto God. And depending on what we are willing to surrender unto God. Come on, you might have been here on the fourth day. You might have already given up. But don't give up. Because God has got life for you. God has got hope for you. God has got a situation for you. God has got a miracle for you. God is here to save your loved ones. God is here to touch your situation. God is here. Come on, prayer warriors, help me pray. Come on, prayer warriors, help me pray. Come on, let us create an atmosphere for God to move.